system I guess I should have forget where I came from Welcome back, lovers and friends. It's the love guru himself, Troy D. Ryan, and this is Love Journal, my journey into understanding, healing, and relearning love. Today, I want to harp a bit more on the idea of having passions, dreams, and working toward a vision. I spoke about this a few episodes ago with my acting partner, Obina Nufar, and we talked about dating, dream chasing, and as he put it, being a visionary. The thing about being a visionary is it requires passion. As I get older, I come to believe that when you have passion for something, you can correlate that passion to other areas in your life, specifically your relationships. It's essentially the same thing, you know. Um, You have reverence or respect for this thing that you do. You work hard on it and you care about it. So today, I want to dive a bit deeper into passions and where they come from and how it can be difficult to navigate some spaces once you realize that passion, even beyond dating. I'm joined by someone with the name that my Detroit listeners will definitely recognize and know. Mr. John Conyers III. Join us as we talk a little bit about his father, his passions for his own visions and goals, and then after, I share another week in love. So, stick around for that, and let's get into it. I want to go ahead and dive in. Today, I wanted to um, talk about a mixture of love, passion, and politics. Yeah. Um, and... Why I, I came up with that mix is I love, obviously, because it's my show. Um, most of my topics are specifically it's about love. And um, passion and politics, because lately I've been kind of getting into my own passions. And it makes me admire other passionate people mm-hmm. and, and get into what they're passionate about. And then that comes into the last part of, you you know, politics. So, um I'll go ahead and just kind of dive right in. First off, I wanted to say one of my favorite things that I um, saw that you did was the debt ceiling video. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of explaining that a little bit because I like when people can break things down in a palatable way for people who are, yeah. you know, just not necessarily knowledgeable in whatever field that might be or whatever. So um, I really liked that you did the debt ceiling video and I just been kind of getting more into you and, and some of your work and stuff like that. So for somebody who didn't know you first off, what would you do or, or what do you do rather? <laughs> um, I guess, I guess at this point I'm kind of a community organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wouldn't call myself an activist. Um, I don't think that's really my, um, that's my lane. I'm also an author. I signed a book deal with the publishing company HarperCollins, so I'm in the process of writing a, a, a memoir with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I, I said I, I guess I would be a what's the what's the way to describe it? Um, I guess I'm an equity av- advocate, right? I think. Okay. Yeah, it's. I don't know if there's a if there's a one thing that you could say that I am I, that I could say that I am yeah I like that I would just say entrepreneur entrepreneur author um and you know political organizer okay okay yeah I like that like a man of many hats I think um my favorite quote is um 
I think it was like the master of none or something like that. Oh yeah, thing. you know, you know, it's crazy. That I was thinking about that quote because you know, yeah. the quote. Oftentimes they try to get you or trick you with the yeah with the first the, half. The jack of all trades is a master of none, but the red, the whole quote is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Exactly. So, Exactly. So, you know. Yes, I love that quote. So, but yeah, I mean, same here, man. Like, you know, I um, I love that you said you're an author. You know, I um, I have two books out currently, like poetry books, and I'm working on like a, a different like a actual, um, I hate to say book book, right? But like, because <laughs> like obviously poetry books are books, but like sometimes I feel like people don't necessarily consider them as um, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. But either way, um. You know, just having a bunch of different, um, I guess, hats and things like that. I would definitely say that you are a more passionate person, obviously. I think it doesn't, you don't get somewhere like that without having passion for the things that you do. Um, so what makes, what gives you that passion for the things that you do, actually? like, And, and with the political organizing and things like that, like, what would you say the passion for that came from? Man. Um, the ba- the passion for political engagement came from, you know, being a part of, being a statistic. You know, my mom went to prison. Um, I'm one of, you know, I'm a child of an incarcerated parent. One of, one of four kids in the city of Detroit is, has a parent that's in prison that has gone to prison. Um, and just seeing what that was like when she was away and the lack of access and the lack of support that existed from my brother and I. Um, not that people didn't do a great job of supporting us, but I think when I think of support, I think about pathways to success and, and opportunities that are provided by the state, meaning like the government. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that, that support and that infrastructure just isn't there for young people. Um, for people, not young people, just anyone. And so I think my passion for um, being politically engaged is just... You know, so often our community is caught up with making more money and, and yeah. being a, like participating in capitalism when, you know, capitalism has been designed to keep us down anyway. So even if you are one who is successful, um, that doesn't, a rising tide doesn't necessarily lift all ships because we know that people have class allegiance more so than they have, you know, racial or, you know, yeah, racial allegiance. Yeah. So I guess my passion, my passion comes from, my passion comes from trying to get people to engage with the system that's making decisions about them that they should be making. That you know they shouldn't be letting a system just make decisions about them and they just passively engage, right? It should be something that happens on a regular basis and that you're participating in. And so, yeah, that's that's really my passion. I don't like people making decisions about me or for me without my input. Um, as it relates to as it relates as it relates to. Um, no, I'm really big on that. Like, yeah, I mean, no, that's a gem. You know, I, mean, I, think, like, <laughs> I think, you know, no, like, no, like, even down to like personal, like, yeah. private stuff. Like, um, you know, I, I don't want it to sound ungrateful, but like, I was raised in a way that like people would just say, "Well, I did this for you." It's like, yo, but I didn't ask for that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm very yeah. big on like, yo, if you did something for me, then do it because you want to do it, not because you're gonna bring it up later. So like, I'm very big on like, if I didn't ask for you to do something for me, like. You don't need to be making decisions about. I think this will help. Like, oh, nah, yeah. I'm straight. Yeah. Like, I, if I, because I'm not, I'm also not a person that's afraid to ask for help. So if I need help, I'll tell you. If I need something, I'll tell you. Yeah. And so to relate that, to, you know, relate that back to politics, it's just, it's the same thing. You know, just I don't want decisions being made for me. As it relates to the book, 
Yeah. <laughs> like three gems in that, but I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> as it relates, like as it relates to the that book, I gotta go back to, but yeah. Um, you know, my father was in office a really long time, and he never stopped to smell the roses or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And uh, when you're someone who's blessed to have lived as long as he will, as as he did, you. Um, you, I mean, he lived for ninety percent of a century, right? Ninety uh, years is a long, long time. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, he's living history, and so we, you know, I really just want him to tell his story. And so, yeah. in the process of trying to get him a book deal, which we were very close, uh, some things happened that, you know, enabled didn't you know enable him to be his own author. And so, you know, I kind of took up the mantle to you know tell not only his story but you know my family story and my father being so integral to the progression and the yeah. the decline, the you know, the ascent and then the decline again and, and kind of the ascent again, you know, it was important that, you know, my family story is not just my family story, it's also Detroit story. And so yeah, I thought it was been important. Around to see that. That's, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Like you have seen the up and down, multiple ups and downs of yeah. <laughs> of the city. That's yeah. Yeah, that's dope. And so yeah, it was just important for me to tell his story and tell our family story and tell Detroit story, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, and so real quick, like literally three like <laughs> neurons fired off right quick. Um, the first one I love that you mentioned. You know, like the start of it really was like being a statistic yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean I am. You know, mo- unfortunately most of us are. You know, um, if not all. And for me, it was like um you know, having the stepfather, which at this point is like my, my dad, but like, you know, having to grow up with another man at some point, like raising you, um, being in like the hood and having like, um, I remember in high school, like maybe my ninth grade year, we had like all the arts that following year we came back with 10th grade, took all this shit away. All the, <laughs> every extracurricular kind of thing was gone except for sports. And it was just like, okay <laughs> you know and then like even then me and my friend were recently talking about like um the fact that we had fried chicken every day for like four years in high school it was like yo low key that probably was not healthy <laughs> like, that's terrible what? that's terrible because that I was mean, what was all you know like and it's like when you're in that you're not thinking about it you're a kid you're like oh hell yeah wings again y'all let's go in let's get a 10 peak like you know um later on in life you're like wait <laughs> that yeah. was it. something was off you know so I love that that's kind of like one of your, your starts because some people don't ever stop to look at how they were raised or their environment or their situation um no, I was aware of it the whole time yeah. like for me that's you know I was yeah, yeah it's it 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 inspiring to have some of us that are <laughs> like because I think that helps guide others but it's just like the unfortunate reality is there are a nice amount of us who will not, you know, um, yeah. come aware on their own. So it's just mm-hmm. like, um, that kind of leads into the other point that you brought up of like also wanting people to have a better understanding of those who are making choices for them. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of a little bit like uh, me and Chantel, we did an episode and that's kind of like some of the things that we touched on. Because I'm like, as I'm getting older, I need to have a little bit more of an understanding of certain things that like, because whether I have an understanding or not, whether I get involved or not, it's going to influence my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that that's also, you know, the other thing that you mentioned. And then just also not, 
want to make choices to be made for you yourself. Because that one, just outside of, like, the political area, like, I've been kind of like that myself, almost to the point where, like, it makes me a little hard-headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, all right, all right, no, shut up, listen. Sometimes you can listen. Sometimes other people have. I don't want to necessarily say the answer, but, like, you know, something to say. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um. So how do you think your father's, like, political journey influenced your own? Like, what was there, like, ever a moment of something that he was doing or something that you were around that you were like, huh? Like, no, not really. Um, I think for me, I was a, you know, as you, as you can see, I have a basketball yeah. here with me. I was a sports kid, like my whole life. I was sports and music. Um, I, I worked in the music business for first ten years of adulthood. Before, I mean, not even first ten years wow. of adulthood, but before I turned when, since I was from sixteen to like 26, 27, I worked in the music business. Um, That's dope. Probably no, maybe even longer than that. But um, yeah, I, I think for me, it was those were the things: music and and, and, and sports and. I mean, I was always aware of, like, the rarity of my life, but it wasn't, like, a real interest to me, of, of interest to me until it made sense for what I was working on, which is the music business, right? Which yeah. goes back to which goes back to what I was talking about in that, like, it doesn't matter where you go in the world, nothing ha- like, government runs everything, yeah. right? Like, top to bottom, like, federal government runs, state government runs, municipal government, right? Um, and... You know, again, it's not like the money isn't enough, right? You have to have like, if you want to continue to make money, you have to have relationships in the federal government. So, yeah. like, as I as I started to assess and I wanted to, you know, impact my people, I thought about how I could do that best. And I think the best is like, you know, government controls where the money flows, right? The yeah. government sets the, you know, government sets your the, your cultural agenda. Um, and so, trying to change culture and government to prioritize minor people of color. Um, you know, is, yeah. is, is part of my life's work, right? Um, and, you know, I think one thing I do remember the most from my father is, like, how excited he was about Medicare for All. You know, yeah. uh, Bernie gets the credit for that, but, like, my dad authored that legislation. Bernie, you know, yeah. took that around with him when he started running for office. Well, that's my dad's legislation. Um, and so I remember how excited he was for Medicare for All. That, that really, I got, I'm like, more than anything else, he was really, really excited for that uh, because he was really big on, you know, making sure you go to all your doctor's appointments yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah. Especially for us, I feel like unfortunately a, li- a nice, overwhelming amount of black men don't do that. <laughs> right. So yeah, so, yeah that was um, big for him to be like that. Was, that. that I think that would be it for me. Is just you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then, question like, because mm-hmm. I, I relate it to the Matrix, right? When I mm-hmm. like for me like to understand certain things, I have to relate it to like my my love and passion for film and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, so what's your favorite film? Ooh, so it has to be. Wait, wait, I'm ha- gonna let you ask the question, not throw you off. Go ahead, ask your question. Ask okay. the question. <laughs> well, no, you know what? I can get back to it. I can get back to it. I love that you asked that. Um, because honestly, it depends on the genre, right? Um, great answer. That's that's the for someone who watches movies that is film that's a great that, that is the only correct answer yeah <laughs> cause I can't like the it literally depends answer. on the genre but like because I do a scary movie podcast I'll go ahead and, and pick my favorite scary movie and it will be Scream Scream? yeah the very first one not the, not the funny one not the funny one the scary one the actual scary one yeah, yeah I know what you're talking okay. about okay yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no I know what you mean <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, it's. Okay. I think it was written extremely well, um, and it it just has like a really nostalgic feel to it, and okay. for it to been like something that came out in like what ninety six and still have as much of a influence as it does now, and still making movies that are still good, like getting better. No, the new screen was fire. I can't yeah, even hold like you. that. It was uh, so the the devil knife swap. Like I almost mm. passed out. All right, so <laughs> but yeah, so um, but to to related to the Matrix, like you know, once you wake up, right, you kind of can't go back to sleep almost. So, what <laughs> was your I guess Matrix moment? You know, like how I was saying, like I realized, well, she was eating fried chicken every day. That's not good. Like, what was maybe a moment when you were like. Hey, all right. <laughs> no, I made this moment happen when I was like seven, man. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, like I've always been aware. Yeah. Is always, but I think that like I've had a lot of, you know, the what's the uh, side note? What's, what's, you, what's the? You said what? What? I was gonna say I've I've kind of always been aware too, but it was like most of mine was like. I'm looking at my, the area, like, because I grew up on Joe Road at Evergreen, so it was just, like, always kind of looking at how the area looked versus when we went to other places. Like, yeah, why do I look like this over here? <laughs> that was, like, some of my earliest moments of being like, huh, something <laughs> different. <laughs> so, for me, it was like that saying, you know, the call is coming from inside the house, you know, where mm. um, it's not external forces that are holding you back. It's it's, it's, you know, a lot of times when people are ha- are in proximity to greatness, mm. they take it for granted, right? They don't understand what they actually are, have access to, right? Um, Alright, yeah. <laughs> so, like, for me, at seven, I knew that I had at seven, I knew I had different opportunities, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I can say with certainty, like, my cousins aren't smarter than me. I mean, not, my cousins aren't any, um, I'm not any smarter than my cousins is what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. They are, like, I'm not any smarter than, I just had different opportunities. Yeah. I had better yeah. opportunities. Like, I have a cousin that's, like, super smart, really great at math, like, but he didn't, like, you know, yeah. but he just didn't have the opportunities, right? Um, I didn't go to DPS my whole life. I just graduated from DPS, right? So, it's just hmm. things that, like, where he went to school, what he was around on a day-to-day basis, like, yeah. all those things are, you know, influences, right? And so, for me... I remember vividly getting off of Air Force One with my pops, and then later on that day, I was in on West Chicago on Wyoming yeah. with my family, and it's like, yo, this is different. Like, why? Like, the dichotomy, the extreme, and I can see it at seven. Yeah. And, you know, that was like, something's different, and I got to like, it just was always nagging in the back of my head. Yeah. Like, obviously, at scale, I didn't understand at seven. Yeah, but I yeah. Knew but you something. knew it was something, like yeah. something. Yeah. And as the the more understanding of the world I got, the more I always go back to that as my reference point. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been that way for a while. But I think the the, I, the challenge has been for me in getting my message and getting getting to the place I'm trying to be to help people yeah. is that people yeah. don't understand the vision. Yeah. Which yeah. Is the, and yeah. and I say that when I say the call is coming from inside the house. That's what I mean. It's like 
people can't see beyond what they know. So many people can't see beyond what they know. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and a lot of people have control issues. Like, they can own, they're only trusting with things that they know, mm-hmm. and so they're only willing to help you as far as they know. What they see as and what they can touch. And that's it. What they see and they can touch or what, like, oh, I understand that, and therefore I can lend, I can help you. I'm willing to help you because I can understand that thing that you're trying to do. If I, yeah. even if you're trying to do something in the same space, but I don't understand the how or the reasoning, or I don't follow, I think that's a stupid way to do it. Yeah. Then I can't yeah. help you. Right. Or I won't help you. And that's yeah. been like the biggest challenge with me is that, you know, I have people that are close to me that want to help or say they want to help, but it's only there. They want to help me the way they want to help. Uh-huh. Um, I love all that. The whole time I was just writing down points. I'm like, Nope, I gotta, I gotta, um, and it's like, with me, I think, because that's another part of it, like, having that Matrix moment or having that moment of, like, knowing there's something more, I always just wanted to experience more, right? Like, I was like the, oh, I, like, I was always kind of a chameleon kind of kid, but I always was very, I, I was always very into just, like, knowledge and just, like, reading and then just, like, I just loved words because I'm, I'm a poet, like I'm a writer and all that. So like for me, I was always reading. And so that was another world that kind of opened up my mind to like, oh, it's something else. And so it was like, you know, I think one of the issues was because like you said, environment, I think something I've recently realized a lot of us had fucking ADD, like a lot of kids and like our parents were just ignoring it or like, and a lot of kids are getting in trouble for things that they shouldn't have gotten in trouble for it. Like, you know, like, talking too much. It was like, well, maybe there's just a focus problem. Not that he's talking too much. Yeah, like you know what? <laughs> you know, it's crazy you say that because, like, in order for us to progress as a, as a group of people, not only is it not just monetary, right? Uh-huh. Because you, we see people that have success, that's monetary success, but they're raising, the, they're raising their children in a way, they're raising their children like, they were raised or with the with the same value set yeah. or with the same uh, not value set because values are values yeah but with the same um the same I mindset I, I think maybe yeah the same mindset as you know their parents or the system or, or like the times you know that they were raised in and yeah. a lot of that stuff is quite frankly born out of slavery yeah. right the the not talking or talking too much or doing or behaving in a certain way. You know, it's that's wrong. Like, I'm, you know, they get in trouble or whooped and stuff. And it's like, well, maybe I actually just have a, like, you know, like that was like, cause that's like, well, hold on, I'm, getting to, I'm getting to that. Let oh, me, yeah. let me get to that. So it's yeah. born out of be, trying to protect kids, like, and protect young black men yeah. during slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. But beyond that, when we talk about mental challenges, learning challenges, Right for a very long time, learning challenges were classified it, it, like there was no ADD, there was no ADHD. It was, yeah. oh, you're slow, you're hard. Like, and oh, so you, you know the hard go, R word. Like. You, you, go, you go to you go your go you go to special ed, right? And that yeah. forever, like that, also impacts your trajectory in terms of prison, to, school to prison pipeline. And so, parent, like even my mom was afraid. Like I have ADHD. Yeah. I'm also on the spectrum, right? Um, or I should say, I shouldn't say that yet. It's not confirmed, but I'm getting tested for it. Anyway. Yeah. It, it all lines up, but let's just yeah. Now, I'm there. I won't I'm say, there it's, I, won't say it, I won't say it. Until I get the final but that being said, my mom would never let me get tested because she was afraid. Because mm-hmm. historically, when that happens to black people, we get put into special ed classes. Yep. 
And so a lot of that is unlearning. Like at, at this juncture is a part of culture. And like black, we, we raise our kids a certain way, not understanding the direct, the root, right? And the origin of being raised that way and not yeah. adapting and growing as people. And to have, you know, black people aren't allowed to have softness. I don't mean, I don't mean yeah. weakness. I mean soft. And yeah. I mean, or just, and, like, or just so, any kind of weakness in general, you know what I'm saying? Because like, that's like what, like I think of it as, you know, like the whole short bus jokes and stuff like that. It becomes a thing of being ostracized the moment because it also is like weird because like i know for me like i've always been really smart but like my teachers have pretty much always said the same thing like uh he can't fucking sit still he is always talking and no matter where we move him to in a room like he's just talking so um it was just like you know things like that and then like to happen to the other part of getting the message across um i think jay-z is one of the people that helped me kind of understand because Again, with the spectrum, I think some of the most influential people are on it. Um, it's not a bad thing. It just means your brain is divergent. It works differently. You see things differently. Um, you have a different understanding. Sometimes you feel things differently or deeply, but it's not always a bad thing. And so, like, top on that, you know, Jay-Z mentioned you can lose your mind trying to help people, basically. Mm-hmm. Um... And, like, how, how he had to, like, stop trying to lead. Like, I mean, like, you you have to lead by your example and what you do versus, and I guess correlating that to being somebody who is in, like, you know, who does things that are, like, you know, more of the political organizing and stuff like that, a bit hard because your job is a little bit more towards, I guess, getting that <laughs> point across to people so that they can understand. So that's... That one is a little. That's that's tricky, I guess. No, you know, I, I I've kind of I'm at, I'm at that place where like, you know, I, I'm I'm for who I'm for, right? And right. what's for me is for me, and so I'm no longer trying to like mm. pander. I guess will be there. I, I never. No, no, I, yeah. no, no, no. I never. I never did that. Right. But okay. I'm no longer. Yeah. I'm no longer trying to like get you know bring people along that don't want to c- come along. Yeah. I'm not trying to convert people. I'm trying to like you know whoever whoever my message hits is who my message hits. If it doesn't hit, then it doesn't hit. Um, that's and that's cool and that, and that's fine. Like I think that the like um, this episode like <laughs> you know I, and you know I'm also done trying to like for a very long time I tried to like convince people of who I was yeah. like as a person like you know what I'm about and all that stuff like there's all these preconceived notions because my father is a person this person that i must be this way or i grew up this way and like you know i, I think and we also do that shit we do that a lot in the black community where like yeah, yeah. if like if you didn't struggle then you are x and it's like nah, i had a lot of struggles yeah. but not only that like the statistics say that most black people are yeah. no longer struggling like the 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 we talk about poverty like and being hard or being from the hood, like not saying that doesn't exist, right? Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But the we are at the the lowest percentage of black people in the history of this country since we've been free, living mm. poverty, living the hood. Yeah, right there. For reference, there are more of us that are not living at the poverty line than there are. I I fucking love that, and that's just wild. Just but to... the, but the, what dominates the narrative, right? If you listen to yeah. music, if you listen, like is. We are, we are this. To be an authentic black person, you are this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, actually, did you see the movie The Blackening? Of course, I loved it. Yeah, they kind of tap into some of that a little bit, but like, that's that's exactly it. Like, we are so I think we the way we grow up in like the areas and stuff like that. We all depend. No matter how, um, uh, we all reach a point where we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. Um, you know, whether let's prove our blackness, our prove our intelligence, our, you know, prove our strength and, and, you know, just all these different things. And it's like, yeah, I think you just have to get to that point of just being like, all right, yeah, this is me. And I'm going to just do what I do. And like you said, if my message is for you, then it's for you. And if it's not, it's not like, that's something I think is really, really hard for us (laughs) because just again, like we are, we're, we're hard on each other. The call is coming from inside the house. Like, <laughs> like you said, we are extremely hard. Like, I think about all the times I was called Braxton or Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory and shit like that. And it was like, I, I didn't, because of the family I had, because of where I lived and stuff like that, I never let it, like, lessen my blackness, quote unquote, you know? But, like, I can see that hitting somebody else differently and being like, damn, like, and feeling like they need to dumb down or something like that. I was like, nah, well... I'm Braxton, nigga. I'm Braxton, nigga. What's up? <laughs> you know, so um, it's just I don't know. It's it's very interesting to um, think about the relation and correlation of politics and how it has affected our communities and the effects of it on our brains and how we act in in between each other. Like, um, so my next one is and just to like get back into the love part because also this is again something that you know what I'm saying you slightly got from seeing your father you know and um with the matrix thing I think sometimes dating right or, or talking to someone or whatever the case is can be a bit difficult once you know a lot <laughs> um so do you find that it has been difficult with having the political knowledge you have, like, I can't imagine you can hold a conversation with, um, and I can't even think of a kind of girl without being, like, offensive, but, like, <laughs> or, like, talking shit, but, like, you know, just somebody who isn't necessarily into anything of that nature, like, is it something that you find that needs to be a bit of a requirement, or are you able to... Hey, more, ask that question one more time. So, like, with, like, love or, like, relationships, right, um, and dating, do you find that because you have the political knowledge that you have that it's almost like a requirement for someone else that you're talking to or dating to have at least a bit of that knowledge? Or are you able to deal with someone who just doesn't have it at all? Because, again, it's like the Matrix thing. It's like, you know, once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep. Um. I think for me, my whoever I date has to have their own stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, of course, of course. Like, not be into it, like, you know, like, have any work into it, but, like, um, not uh, a complete I, opposite, I, I guess. I'm into, like, I want, I'm into someone I can learn from. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm into someone I can learn from. Like, yeah. that's the most important thing. You have your own stuff going on. I can't learn from someone who always wants to be up under me. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Cause like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I got. I, I don't. 
I can't do that. Like, I can't be with somebody that wants to talk to me all day. Um, I, I can't. I mean, I guess you kind of just nailed it. Like, you know, somebody you can learn from. So I guess as long as it's not somebody that, like you said, is all up under you and it just doesn't have a brain, I guess, or just doesn't have a single thought or their own thought, you know. Um, no, I think, I mean, you. yeah, you have to be your own person. Yeah, yeah. You have to be your own own person. Because, like, okay, so, like, all right, okay, I have a great... I want somebody, I think what's most important for me is someone that I can cheer on. Yeah. Right? I want somebody that I can cheer on more than anything. I like that. Like, Like, I don't, like, you know, especially given given my line of work, like, I don't want to be the person, I don't want to be the only person that, like, is the priority. Like, I want to be able to come show up and not, like, nah, like, I know y'all, I know I'm me, but, like, I'm here for her, we here for her. So we can talk, like, if you want, if you want to, if you want to get on my schedule, you want to talk to me about, you want to talk to me about what I'm going on or how we can work together, that's fine. Here's my card. We can talk about that another time because right now I'm here for my baby. Like, that's the type, like, that, I need that type of person. And if it's not that, then I don't have, I don't, like, you know, I don't, good. I love that. Um, So I I had, like, a perfect thought to relate it to now. Um, Spirituality, right? Um, I'm a very spiritual person and... At this point in my life, like, I have had enough experience and understanding to how spirituality affects the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm at a place where I recognize um, I can't be serious with someone who doesn't. And we don't have to do, like, you know, the same things. We don't have to, like, meditate together and stuff like that. Like, it's, you know, like you said, like, having your own thing. But I also would prefer that you have a working knowledge of this, so that way I don't feel, I guess, ostracized in a way when this important thing to me comes up, right? Does that make sense? Like, So it's like with having political knowledge, you know, like the debt ceiling kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? Like being like, okay, well, this is important to me to organize this kind of thing, like, and somebody else just doesn't get it. Like, you know, no matter how many times you try to explain it, it's like, okay, I don't know if I can fuck with you if you don't even try to understand why this is important to me kind of thing do you find it harder to connect with older people than younger people because i feel like also that's the thing some people are set in their ways at a certain age for me i think the biggest thing is right it's not hard to connect with older people yeah because i understand their it's not hard to connect with anyone Right. right. It right. is the number one challenge. Right. When you look at race relations, when you look at age gaps, age differences, the, the, the disconnect is not in the ability to connect. The disconnect, the disconnect comes from someone giving you a chance or yeah. being open to the possibility that you have anything in common. Oh, yeah. All right. Right. Yeah. The, the yeah. disconnect comes in the possibility that. You can understand what I've experienced, or there is a shared human experience that would enable me to benefit for for enable me to whether that's represent you well, to connect with you, to do anything. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. I'm telling you, it's like I'm I'm probably gonna have like ten like soundbite clips from this one. <laughs> um, so with that, I guess I want to go ahead and kind of round it back out. Um. And that's just my last question. Um, do you have any advice for someone who's passionate? You know, they they have passion for a specific thing, but not necessarily sure 
I guess, where to start. Um, and I guess if you want to relate it to politics, you can. But just anybody, because I feel like, again, like I said, the episode is really about love and passion and a bit of politics. So I care. I don't know where to start. What should I do? Um, you know, I would say that, like, you know, my entire life is kind of the summation of following my passions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever I am into, I kind of let, you know, this famous quote, fall in love with something and let it kill you. Oh, yeah. And I kind of just kind of go with that yeah. in terms of, um, in terms of, in terms of, like, you know, when, as long as something is serving me, I, I will, I will, I will pour into it. And then when it doesn't make sense, when it no longer aligns, then I move forward, right? Yeah. And that's all you can really do. So for me, I think it's, it's just telling people to, you know, if, if do what you feel and what you love. I don't know that I believe in purpose anymore. Yeah. I don't know that I believe in purpose through work. Mm. I believe in purpose through who you are. Like, I love helping people. Mm-hmm. So whether that was through politics, whether that's through music, whether that's through fashion, whether that's through basketball. I, I, I coach a basketball team, right? Like, I played oh, basketball so yeah. in high school. Um, you know, I played, you know, very high-level basketball. So it's like one of those things where... Uh, um, I played at a prep school called Brewster Academy. You know, mm-hmm. folks like uh, D- Donovan Mitchell, Mitch McGarry, um, mm-hmm. Jeff. Ep- I mean, a lot of people went pro there. Um, and I, you know, I was on their varsity team since I was a freshman. Um, so I think for me, it's like, okay, I'm not a professional basketball player, but I know how, I know the game of basketball very yeah. well. So like, let me help the younger generation. So for me, my purpose is helping. It's not my, my yeah. purpose is not in a profession. And I think so, you know, I, I think that that's that's it. The, yeah. the thing is, you know, more than purpose, find something that you find things you love, whatever you love, pour into it and let, let it take you wherever it's going to take you. You never yeah. know where you're going to end up. I like that. And actually, I want, I want to piggyback on that because like, I think some people still like struggle with even finding something that they love. I've talked to people who are just like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I like to do this, but I don't know if I, I think also looking at your life and paying attention and following your life. I think like, I feel like, like, like our life is like dropping breadcrumbs throughout, like just little pieces of like, Hey, this is, and, and I want to say purpose, but I understand what you mean, but I think maybe there's multiple purposes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes, um, it's almost like a multiverse of purposes, <laughs> you know, like, okay, my purpose of, you know, um, having this job was this, you know, and, my purpose of, you know, it's other things. So I think we have multiple purposes, but I think our life is always dropping these breadcrumbs into that, that thing that we ultimately need to, you know, like you said, dive into and let kind of kill us, you know. Um, and the other part, too, I want to say, I think um, I've had multiple, I guess, political awakenings. I had to really, um, that was the other point I wanted to bring up was moving from Detroit to Arizona. That was about eight years ago. Um, again, you know, I've always noticed, had little moments here and there as a kid, but there was such a difference. <laughs> such yeah. a difference. And I was just like, okay, because it's the only other place I've, like, lived. I've visited other places for, like, a weekend or a few days. I lived here, and it was just like, huh. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, Arizona, is a, Arizona is a wild place, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because it's still a very developing kind of place. And I, I think I've said this on the show before, but, like, the racial, like, it's funny going from 
damn near 100% black, you don't notice that. Like, you don't recognize that when that's how you live. So it's like moving there to going here and practically seeing, like, none of us. Like, in the past eight, year, eight years, a lot of us have moved out here. But, like, the first, like, maybe two or three, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just different. So, um and it was just like funny because like the it is a bit racial but it's very different. Um or at least from my experiences, it's always just been like ignorance in a sense of like just not knowing shit about black people for real. <laughs> like I had a guy once um you know, we don't really do potlucks for real and I was kind of mentioning, like, you know what, I'm not going to bring anything. He's like, oh, what, your mom doesn't make, like, cornbread? And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. well, fuck you, because, yes, she does make cornbread, and it's really good, but that's not why you said it. <laughs> you know, like, so, um, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting, and I just think we we have to definitely get more understanding of it, um, politics and how it affects our lives and our surroundings more. Um, that's crazy for someone to say that to you. Yeah. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> Legit, I was just like, like, yes, she does, and it's really good, but, like, that's not the point, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, I almost didn't want to eat cornbread for a while after that, like, god damn it, <laughs> fucking eat this racist bullshit, <laughs> oh, man, um, but yeah, so before I let you go, man, uh, let the people know where to follow you. Uh, well, man, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate you, and I appreciate yes, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to speak with me. Uh, you know, the podcast is great. Um, people can find me at on all platforms at my last name, Conyers, and then the word, or the number three spelled out, T-H-R-E-E. And you can go to the campaign website, Conyers, F-O-R, Congress.com, Conyers for Congress.com. Uh, campaign merch, all the things. So, yeah. And <laughs> check out what we're doing. Vote for me August 5th, 2024. Hey, of course. I heard that. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you definitely for doing this as well. Um, if at any point, like, I think if you're ever down to do like a panel episode, um, yeah, you know, happy, happy to do that. Yes. All right. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm, um, come up with one of those sometime soon. I'll definitely let you know. Um, but until then. Have a good night, homie, and I appreciate this. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. All right. So I think there comes a point where in your visionary journey of your goals, you naturally avoid certain energies and people that aren't conducive to your ambition and passion. Like I mentioned multiple times, (laughs) um, it's just like, it reminds me of the Matrix. You know, once you wake up, it's difficult to maintain the world that you were a part of previously. And anyone who is a part of that world still will have to remain there until they wake up themselves, you know? Um, even think about the plot. You know, Neo only went after those who started, or even before him, Morpheus, you know? Either way, they only went after people or went to help people who started to awaken and get on the path themselves anyway. Because otherwise... You're going fucking crazy trying to wake everybody up. And I feel like the same thing with passion. You know, you have to let people come to their passions. And sometimes people won't understand. You know, there's times where I am like buried <laughs> in things that I'm doing, but I'm enjoying myself so much because I'm loving what I'm doing. I can spend hours doing what I love doing. And people, um, you know, will kind of not understand it sometimes. But some do, some don't, you know, and that's just a, a matter of, I think, 
just passions, you know, once you understand passion and ambition, goals and, and, and this purpose, you know, and seeking that you think you just kind of start to live that <laughs> and that's all you can do, you know. All right. So this week in love, I saw this post the other day. You guys might have seen it. Um, a married married couple, right? They sent out two hundred and fifty dollar bills, you know, some invoices to all the guests who RSVP to their wedding but didn't show up. Interesting, <laughs> you know. Like I feel two different ways about this, right? Like the first way, as the guest who gets the bill, I'll start there. I'm irritated, like girl what like because it depends on the situation right like what if i was in the fucking hospital or it was an emergency and not why i couldn't make it um then i'm not about to pay this bill you know you look crazy i mean i wouldn't pay it regardless if it wasn't you know i could have just been sent at home either way i'm not gonna pay it but just like you know that that should come into play like okay why couldn't you make it you know and then who the person is if it's like some random motherfucker chances are they weren't gonna show up anyway people just like to be included and shit that's something i'm learning as i get older um people want advice but don't plan on fucking showing up they just want to be like hey well i was invited too you know um and i mean and then that gets me on the other side like because now you're wasting my money because that's the thing about rsvp right like that's specific heads we counting like this is per you know per person per plate type thing and weddings are fucking expensive so if 40 motherfuckers are RSVP'd and didn't come. All 40 of y'all are definitely going to get this bill because what the fuck? But again, I think on my end, I would try to consider why they didn't show up first and then send them a bill. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about that one. Um, as always, I appreciate you all for listening. You know, we hit the 1000 mark and well, we're past that now, but just, Hitting it this season was really, really exciting, um, knowing that this many people are listening to my voice. So fun. I used to hate it, and now I love it. So, um, But, yeah, I appreciate you all so much for listening. Thank you for supporting. Um, I will say, um, I know this is my love pod, but I am running for Face of Horror 2023. Definitely look at my um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like all those. My um, The link for my site to vote for me is there. So I would appreciate all the votes that you can do that means the world to me but um don't forget to follow the official instagram page for the pod love underscore journal podcast on instagram and until next time love love peace